Hi, and welcome to the Transforming Society podcast. Today we're speaking to Malcolm Payne about his book, How to Use Social Work Theory and Practice. It makes connections with both classic and contemporary movements in social work and gives students and practitioners ways to confidently connect theory with everyday practice. Hello, Malcolm. Hi there. Thank nice you. to meet you. Thank you for being with us today. Um, so start talking a little bit about you. What brought you into social work originally and why did you start writing about social work theory? Well, what brought me into social work, I, I look back on that, you know, from a long distance now. And I think there were two things. I was clear that there was an academic bit. I went to university, was not permitted, to, particularly committed to the subjects I did at A-level. <laughs> and I was at Keel, and they had this wonderful process by which you had a whole year in which you studied all sorts of things. It was called Plato to NATO. Fantastic. And you could, you, could, you, could, um, you could look at all sorts of things. And as part of that, I got the chance to do a bit of law and economics and biology and astronomy. And I began to think to myself, because they made you do both sciences and uh, humanities, and I got this idea of the social sciences as being something really interesting. And they were new then. The sociology department was set up at the same time, or I think a year after I went there. So what year was this? And this was in the mid-60s. Okay. As he says, not revealing his age. Yeah, sorry, that's probably a rude but, question. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, there, and so it was all new. And they had this new course, which we were the first group of students to go through it, which... I thought was wonderful because it, inv- it did involve sociology and social policy and psychology, the main things. Mm-hmm. But it also gave you a chance to learn some law, some economics, some biology, um, all sorts of interesting things. Otherwise, you you know, you'd like to dabble. And I look back on myself and think I've always wanted to range broadly. Yeah, I, I don't want to do something specialist forever and ever I want to try lots of different things and I, th- I think that's been characteristic of my career in social work yeah. and that was why I was attracted to it in the first place I think the second thing was that my father died 10 days before I went to university okay and his last words were you know what about Malcolm's degree wow so as he was dying in my mother's arms <laughs> really powerful stuff yeah and so I mean I went went to university totally shell-shocked but I think I also wanted to do something completely new yeah as as it was going to be a completely new life as a result of that and I look back on him and the family see him as a really nice man who did nice things with people you know okay and so I wanted to be like that yeah and social work seemed like a way of being like that Wow, yeah, that's quite a difficult start to university, but quite inspirational as well, isn't it? After I'd been in social work for seven or eight years, I began to start hearing about new... There wasn't theory when I was taught social work, you know, not called that. Um, And so, you know, there was no attempt to... Oh, really? There wasn't a formulation which said you do this kind of social work or that kind of social work, it was just social work. So you were just kind of, you didn't have that backup of the theory. You weren't told. But I started beginning to hear all these new things that people were talking about. 
and I think this happens to everyone in social work you practice for a few years and you're really in the melee of children and uh, mentally ill people and what whatever you know what do you do next kind of thing and the the legal responsibilities and then you start hearing these ideas and you mm. think I didn't learn about that okay um and so I my answer to this was to go and get a lectureship so that I could learn about social work theory and then I discovered that the first course I was asked to teach was about social work theory so I had to start reading these books and trying to get an understanding of what all this was about and I've carried on doing that ever since. So why is theory important for social work practice? Because it gives you ideas. It tells you about ways of thinking about what you're doing and allows you to organise what you're doing with some purpose. Um, Otherwise you just dilly around, You, you respond to things rather than having a plan. So it allows you to work in a more systematic way systematic, and follow through and right with purpose. That's what I say about it. I think that goes on to my next question: is like how do practice, concept, and theory interact? That's probably the wrong order, actually, isn't it? Concept, theory, and practice interact. Well, the way I think about it is that practice is what you do, and uh, it's informed by all sorts of things, which includes the law and conventions and what other people expect of you and what uh, service users, clients expect of you. But also it's affected by the ideas that the profession has about what you should be doing. Right. And there are two sorts. There's what I call concepts, which are the sorts of things that you have to bear in mind whatever you do. Things like safeguarding and risk. Um, You have to... Be aware of that all the time. And so it's a concept that you have to get your head round and understand. Whereas practice theory is the kind of theory we're talking about here. Tries to give you a system for what you're planning to do. Yes. So um, you there are things you have to do, the, the concepts, and there are ways of directing what you do, which is the theory. So you need both the concept and both. the theory yeah. to practice. And then you need to be practice. able to do it. The thing about this book is it's about the doing of it, not the ideas so much. It turns the ideas into what you do. And presumably in that there are some theories that are easier to turn into what you do than others. I'm guessing some are a bit more practical, maybe some a bit more abstract. Well, you would think so. But actually, human beings are complex characters, are complex, and they have a complex weird strange difficult usually difficult relationships and so um even the simplest kind of set of ideas uh, lands you in a very complex set of thinking so for example people tend to think task-centered practice is nice and simple yeah You, you get people to do tasks and it improves their life kind of thing Um, But when you look at the theory closely, what it asks you to do is get from the service user an idea of the problems that they face and put them in priority order and get them to work on what's the priority for them and then think about things that you could do jointly uh, that you could both contribute to which would help them to move towards a, a, a solution for their problems. What tends to happen is uh, 
you get a list of problems from your service mm. user and they say oh, this was the difficulty of this and uh you jump immediately to well we could do this yeah we could, without thinking about the priorities and the objectives and also without really being clear what the problem is because if someone says well i need more social security what is their problem there i need more social security is the answer Mm. It's not the problem. The problem is about the finances of the family and how they are causing difficulties for you in your life at the moment. Yeah. So it's very easy to jump into things with a, 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 what appears to be a simple set of ideas um, unless you think about them carefully. And so most of the people who work with task-centred practice will tell you it's actually really rather difficult to put into action although the idea seems simple and there's a simple set of procedures that you go through I think that's one of the things that's really nice about the book we'll talk a bit more about the structure of the book later but it does kind of give equal weighting to all the theories doesn't it and um it deals with them all in the same yeah way and when you get into them they're all equally difficult that's yeah and in a way they the ideas because they give you an idea and a a system they're all equally helpful in the sense that they give you a system to deal with that issue yes yeah um how does social work practice develop over time i'm thinking there must be trends and fashions in using certain theories in certain times and yeah historically how has practice changed well, I think my big response to that is to say that there are fashions in what gets talked about, but the fundamental ideas about social work are always the same and they grow and develop. So if you look at right. something like relationship-based theory, well, originally um, it derives from psychodynamic theory, which is about the fact that people's minds are dynamic they push us how we think pushes us in what we do and how we behave Mm. and relationships are one of the ways in which we manage how we behave and a relationship with a professional like a social worker is a way of getting into that behavior and the the way in which your mind is pushing that behavior so The focus currently is on those relationships rather than on thinking about what's going on in people's minds. Okay. It's it's shifted towards the relationships rather than worrying about people's internal mindsets and my thinking problems. Um, And that is a re-emphasis. So people have pulled out from the whole range of that theory, which is very complex, some particular ideas which are really useful at the moment because I think in social work, one of the things that people value about social work is the fact that it deals in relationships and families and communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I worked recently, until recently, in a hospice. Yes. And one of the things about that is that the doctors and the nurses were concerned about their treatments and their procedures and what they had to do. They were very competent human beings, 
but it wasn't the focus of their work to think about the relationships. It was the social workers in the hospice who got people to talk about their families and to help the families manage their relationship with people who are dying. Yeah. And to die satisfactorily for the family as well as for the person. And so people had different focuses. And the social work focus is very often on relationships. And even if you're doing community work. Yeah. um, What I discovered when I was doing community work in Liverpool in the 1980s was that, first of all, you had to make relationships with people in order to, to... get organisations together to do things in the city. It's fundamental so, to it, that relationship. Nothing happens without thinking that Thinking about relationships yeah. is a fundamental yeah. part of social work. And so these ideas are always going to be there, even if they're pushed to the back by a current fashion. Yes, I see. So One of the really big developments at the moment is the positive psychologies. Right. Um, and people are moving away from talking about people's problems towards... The direction they want to go in, the solutions, the positives they want to achieve. Oh, okay, that's Um, that's interesting. And there's a silly way in which management theorists talk about that. They say it's not a problem; it's a challenge. Well, that's just a slogan for people. What what it's about is uh, moving from the problems towards the direction you want to go in, and people are much more prepared to be positive and think about their future direction very often yeah then they don't want to think about their problems but they want to know that you understand their problems um so the book is aimed at both students and people going into practice for the first time how would you anticipate a first year practitioner would use how to use social work theory in practice well first of all as a reminder and secondly as a broadener Reminder because they will have in their course done some uh, aspects of theory in great detail, partly what they've been interested in, partly what the course has emphasised, partly what's come out of their practice placements. So they will know quite well um, some sets of ideas. But, you you know, you go into practice and there are so many things to learn. There's things about your procedures of your agency and the law and the way in which the local organisations are set up. There's so many things to learn that you, you tend to put aside the, the ideas that you learnt on your course, and it's difficult to integrate them with all the new things that you're learning. So one of the things it is, the chapters are very brief, you know, yes. five or six pages mostly, and they're just a reminder of the things that you've already learned. But they also, there'll be lots of things that you haven't done on your course. Um, there are 25 chapters... Uh, Some of the things will be pretty basic, so everyone will have done them. But some of the things will be new, and you'll think to yourself, well, I've not not come across that. I wonder if that would help me. And so the book is structured to allow you to have a quick read Mm. and think, well, actually, you know, that might be quite useful for me. And a year or two down the line, you're certainly ready for that in in practice. Well, is there something else I could do? Yeah. Is there something else that would work for me? And... People do that mainly in their teams. They talk with each other and they think, well, is there something else we could do that would be better? And can we join together in doing that? So I'm thinking about teams working on new ideas. And so it gives you a brief insight into what you might get out of this theory in uh, something new that you want to do. I think one of the ways the book does that that's particularly clever is the infographics in the book. So for every chapter, there's an infographic that runs alongside. Um, How... 
how do you envisage the readers using the infographics? They're like a snapshot, aren't they? Yeah, they're a one-page summary of the chapter. Yeah. And they're really a summary of the chapter. Like a lot of textbooks you look at, there's an introduction which says what this chapter is about. Yeah. But it doesn't actually summarise the chapter. So you've got this one page which stands out in the book because they run off the side, they bleed off the side of the uh, pages. Yeah. So you can find uh, the infographics instantly and they're always next to the first page of the chapter. So and you, they give you this, this summary. If you're reading it by downloading, uh, it fits in a tablet really nicely. And yes. So you can look at the, the, the thing in a tablet and it's in sections. So if you printed it out... You've got it. You can fold it up and you know move on from the sections and carry it around with you if you want to. Mm. So it it it's, does that. The same thing is that it's graphical, and some people find graphics easier to manage. I've, I've visual learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah visual I'm, learning. I'm that. Yeah. And text summaries of complicated material really very difficult to do mm. in a way that people can read and understand them. So you really then need to read the chapter in order to understand the. the 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 introduction so the graphic tries to help you do that and i think in the future um graphics will become more important in all so all textbooks yes. this is the first time i've experienced a professional artist working on the graphics with me um in the past you know these uh microsoft style diagrams yeah. get incorporated into textbooks this is really imaginative of policy press because it's got an artist to work on this to try and make it as clear and as structured and as interesting and creative as possible you can download some of the infographics from our website i'll give details of that later but we do have about eight of them available i think to yeah. download and print so people can have a look at those the other thing about it was that it was interesting to see whether it was possible to turn each of these chapters into a graphic it's a challenge of condensing those ideas down and, isn't it? and making yeah. them graphic um and that says something about the material that there is material there in which you can understand in this way and yeah. probably that means all sorts of ideas you can understand in this way in all sorts of other texts. So the ideas don't it. have to be daunting and inaccessible. No. They are kind of available no. there for everyone to use. Um, could you say a little bit more about the structure of the chapters? Because they have they follow the same pattern, which again makes the book really, really easy to use. Um, be, could you talk through the sequences yeah. of the chapters? Well, it starts off with a setting the scene section which says what's this theory about what does it aim to do um and how do people use it uh, so that um it gives you in usually not much more than a page those kind of main points about what this theory is about and that's in a way all there is about the theory in some social work textbooks there might be 10 pages on that kind of material so it's really highly summarized it does point to places where you can go if you want more yes, detail about yeah that. then it says uh, there's a section on how do you introduce it to people how do you say to people well we're going to do this now how you introduce it to the clients yes yeah to client service user and then uh, it has what's called an action sequence now some of these theories are formulated in a way you do this now then you do that then you do that and then you do the other and it comes towards the end uh, 
Others are more like a set of options. So the sequence is you begin in this way, but then there are these options which you can pursue. And so when you look at the diagrams, some of them go straight through a sequence. Others of them land you in a circular process in which you can choose among a variety of options and sometimes move backwards and forwards between them. And then right at the end of the chapter, there's um, a, a, a section which is called Things to Think About which is the things that this set of ideas cause you to worry about that you might not other occur to you or which might raise questions in your mind, the challenges of using this particular kind of stuff that's good to know in advance. Yeah. 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 What were the challenges of presenting such a wide range of theories within this structure? And what bigger issues should we be aware of when looking at practice in this way? Well, I think there are difficulties in using a standard format um, because theories intend to do different things. Some of them are about presenting you with options or giving you a a fundamental idea. But all theoretical writings in social work also try to say something about what you can do. So what I've tried to do in this book is extract from the literature um, what they say about what you can do. And I downplay the arguments about whether it's good and bad and the way in which it interacts with everything else. Yeah. So um, you don't get some things from this book. You don't get mixtures of theory or mixtures of ideas, but you do get a fairly clear statement about what the writers on this subject say you can do in some kind of organized way and some of them are more or less good at doing that Mm. and in a way the book points to where writers it seems to me aren't very good at telling you what to do yet um, and are more interested in telling you how to think okay Um, and some of the other books that I've written about social work theory very often uh, are more about how you should think about things in the world in order to practice. Whereas this is, um, some people would say, a fairly crude way of saying, you know, this is what you do. So I think a lot of students will be familiar with your modern social work theory book. So that's that's how this book complements that book. Yes, that book is a book about theory. It tells you about the arguments and debates and the rows that people have about theories. It uses uh, practice as an example of how the ideas are put into practice rather than telling you how to practice. Yes. This book yes. takes it, looks at it the other way around. It says, this is how this theory tells you to practice. Collectively, the result is that um, this book identifies the fact that theories are not just sets of ideas about how you should think about the world they do uh, produce differing sets of ideas about um, what you should do Um, so that the 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 practices that the, the social work is not just a set of ideas about how you should think it's a set of ideas about how to do things differently yeah um 
uh, for example, there are tar- if you look at task-centered practice, we talked about uh, a bit earlier yeah. about um, that's a very much kind of do it now idea. You've got this set of issues, do do something about it now. Take yeah. tasks up and do it. Um, motivational interviewing, which is another very trendy uh, set of ideas at the moment. Mm. Um, is very much on the opposite plank. It says no point in doing things until you're ready to make a change in your life. Wow. So what it's about is planning and getting ready. And then it tells you a set of things to do. Okay. So you've got two fundamentally different approaches there in these two sets of ideas. And so when you pull out the this is what to do from these series, you get the different approaches that these series take to how you should act. What direction do you think social work is going in? Do you think there are theories that will become more popular in the next few years? I suppose the question is, what, are there any particular theories and practice that we should be, that students and practitioners should be paying attention to? Well, I think uh, one of the things I said about um, theory is that it very often renews itself in a new way to respond to new situations. So yeah. We talked about psychodynamic theory renewing itself as as relationship-based theory and how that responds to what people, what social work needs to do. And I think that happens, for example, uh, people are beginning to talk about systems theory again. Um, We haven't really talked about systems theory for 20 or 30 years. It was very busy in the 1970s and 80s. And the way in which it's resolving itself now is to talk about complexity. So there are several new books out about how you deal with complexity, how you understand it, how you respond to people with complex issues. You, you, you don't throw up your hands and say, oh, it's all too, too complex and difficult. You've got to find a way through that. And it's, it's uh, beginning to talk about that. And I think people are, are interested in that because the demands of social work are very much in you know, how difficult. Yeah. People don't come to social workers with easy problems. They come to social yeah. workers with the things they haven't been able to deal with. So that's so that's an example of renewal. The other big trend that's going has been going on for the last ten twenty years is in the positive psychologies, things like uh, solution focused um, therapies, strengths. Strengths is a big thing for the uh, government at the moment. Um, people argue that the government's concept of strengths twists. The social work concepts of strengths, you know, there's a debate to be had there. But it's not yeah. a debate that's in this book. It's in other books about social work. Mm. This book says this is how strengths and solutions works um, according to the professional judgment. And you can compare the professional view with what the government says it's thinking, uh, doing, going to do about strengths, which may be a bit different. Interesting. Um, finally, uh, what's your advice to students thinking about studying social work or those just starting out in the field? Well, probably, uh, if you're able to move around, there's always going to be a job. Okay. Because yes. um, yeah. there is a terrible shortage of social workers, uh, people to work in this field. The second thing to say is it's always fascinating to work with people and it's really inspiring to work with troubled people and to get them along the way of responding to their troubles yeah 
Um, so it's it's uh, it's a worthwhile thing to do in in that way. It's really interesting. You can you can get stuck in it. And one of the things about some of these theories is please don't get stuck on whys and wherefores. Get stuck on doing. Yeah. Is some of the things theories are about that. We talked about the difference between planning and doing tasks yeah. recently, just just before. Um, so uh, there there are um, lots of useful things you can do, even though the social environment is not very conducive to uh, social work. The political environment no. doesn't have sympathy with social work ideas sometimes. Um, we're sitting here in the UK. I travel around Europe a lot, mm-hmm. and I find that uh, a lot of social work professionals in Europe are th- saying the same thing, that their okay. politicians don't understand social work, and their colleague professionals, doctors, nurses, teachers, don't understand social work either. That's because they have their different focuses on things which are more important in their profession. Yeah. Whereas the social work focus on the social on relationships, on people's important contacts in the in the world, uh, the the social networks that they're part of, the social capital that they can build up for themselves. Um, social workers have that unique focus, which other people can't quite see why that works. And the only way in which we're going to get social work more accepted is to demonstrate every day how useful this is for people yeah. and how people want it. Yeah, and I would always say to colleagues at the hospice when they would say well doctors don't really understand social work well the answer is to show them uh, how it will be useful to their patients I always remember doing a safeguarding uh, situation really complex safeguarding situation with an elderly lady and her family and the consultant very eminent consultant doctor who was dealing with that said to me he said, I hadn't understood how your safeguarding procedures would be helpful. He said, no, I understand it a lot better. Okay. So um, if you can do that every day to help other people understand how you can help people along out of, then you, you're going to make a contribution to the standing of social work. You don't make a contribution to the standing of social work in theory. You do it by demonstrating every day how useful it is for people and how useful you can be to your colleagues. That's a really inspirational note to finish on. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm's book, How to Use Social Work Theory and Practice, is available on our website, which is policy.bristoluniversitypress.co.uk.